Well, good morning on this May the 4th, 2023 here on Mornings with Box 2 Radio. This is the day that the Lord has made. This is the day that anything's possible. This is the day that he'll take your situation and move it around, switch, situate you, um, situate you, uh, position you, whatever he needs to do. Sometimes he'll take you through it. Sometimes he'll take you over it. Sometimes he'll take you under it. He'll just take you on the other side. Somehow, some way, to his glory, for his namesake, you will come victorious because he is victorious. And I read the end of the book, and guess what? We, we win. win. I love it. We win. It's Thursday morning. That means we have Brother Greg Carwell and his WD-40 getting um, lubricated up this morning. How are you, Brother Greg? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's good to have you, Miss Hannah, or uh, hold on, what's the Hebrew name? Miss Shana. Chana. Chana. I think it was Chana is what they called you. <laughs> All right, so you're a Chana now. And um, I don't know the Hebrew name for Mariah. Uh, what would be the Hebrew name for Mariah? Um, Mariah. Mariah. <laughs> have to we'll get the... Get that in a little bit. <laughs> Mariah. <laughs> <laughs> No, I don't think so. I don't think like you said Barack. Uh, that would be the Hebrew name for Mariah. What's the Hebrew name for Greg? Greg. <laughs> My friends call me Greg. Is Greg is Greg pretty universal? Yeah, sure. Uh, me. <laughs> <laughs> love it, love it. Today is the National Day of Prayer. Um, so today is the day that so many will gather around the nation and join together in faith. And believe God for great things for this nation. That God's going to turn it around. That God's going to do amazing things. That, um, and you know, it's 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 God doing His part, but it's also us beginning to do our part by His grace. But we got some turning around to do ourselves. Amen. We and He'll send His Spirit, of course, a hundred percent. He'll spend. He'll He'll send His Spirit. Well, for one, I know He'll send the Spirit because in the last days He will pour out His Spirit on all flesh. And your sons and daughters shall prophesy, and your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. And it's going to be um, an outpouring of his glorious presence. But at the end of the day, too, we have a response to make. And we have to, he tells us over and over the words, if we love him, keep his commandments. If we love him, follow his ways. If we continue in his truth, then we'll be the disciples. Over and over, we have a commandment to walk in his ways. Um, and... If America is going to turn around, God will send his spirit and the body has to respond appropriately and by his grace and by his empowerment. But there is a response to have, and the response is a consequence of his spirit being poured out. And so um, today's the day that we gather together and pray, and it's an invitation to continue to pray. It's an, if, if today you're, say you don't have much of a prayer life, you go there, and you go to a National Day of Prayer event and you say, man, I love this prayer thing. Well, don't let it be a one-time thing. Let this be something we continue to do. Let it be something we continue to pray for. And um, see, this is this is what I love. A lot of people will talk about prayer and then they're like, well, I don't really have much of a prayer life. Well, have you tried it? Like, you know, it's kind of like, well, yeah, I did. I sat down one time with my prayer journal. I wrote a couple prayer requests out. I prayed and I thought I was going to pray for an hour and pray for three minutes. And I just ran out of things to say. So I just went on with life. And then there's some that have made prayer very boring. But honestly, when you think about prayer, it's a communication. It's a communion. It's a relationship. It's it's talking to him just like we're talking to each other right now. And it's it's glorious. It's holy. It's wonderful. It's edifying. It's building up. It equips. And um, it's something that the body of Christ, there's an invitation to go deeper into prayer right now. And really, the 
the invitation to go deeper in our prayer is not a religious thing to where it's like, oh, let's just, you got to go and we're going to pray more than we've ever prayed. I want to say we're going to pray better than we've ever prayed. Mm -hmm. And we're going to have more relationship than we've ever had. Well, I mean, that's that's your relationship with, with God. I mean, it's, uh, you know, you take a marriage. If one spouse never spoke to the other spouse, how would that spouse, you know, how would that even be a marriage? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so if we are uh, looking to be married to Christ, you know, as a bride of Christ, then we need to be having communion with him, you know, and talking with him mm-hmm. and, and getting to know him. And uh, that comes through prayer. Uh, yeah. And prayer isn't just something that you see, you know, it's not uh, uh, an etiquette, I don't think. It's it's conversation between you and the Lord, mm-hmm. whatever that looks like. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But just make uh, just deliberate action towards him, towards communicating with him in your way. Mm-hmm. However, that, that's what prayer is. So if it's uh, bowing on your knees with your face in the floor, if it's just uh, walking and talking with him, however that is and there, whatever that looks like, you know, or sometimes like, you know, I've spoke here before in my past whenever I was uh, in a dark place. The only thing I could say to him was, don't give up on me. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's all. That's the only thing I could say. And he didn't, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and he pulled me through where I, what I was uh, uh, mm-hmm. battling. Well, I can't say I was battling with it because I wasn't fighting it. I was lost in it. But he pulled me through that. But it was that communication. Even in my darkest hour, I still looked up. I said, "Lord, don't give up on me." And that was that was my prayer. Mm-hmm. But He was faithful, and He pulled me through. Oh yeah, He pulls us Amen. through for sure. And that's where you know prayer is the place where we're developed because we change, because prayer changes us because He changes us. It's also the place where um, you know as we pray and as we seek Him, we start to learn who He is. We start to learn his voice. We start to learn his his character, his personality. We start to learn how he loves, but also how he disciplines. We learn how he corrects, but also how he edifies and, and all these glorious things about the Father. And, um, you know, we, we have the opportunity every day to pray and to seek his face. And this National Day of Prayer, don't let it be any different, but also don't let it just be one day a, week, a year where you pray. Um, it's it's something that's an invitation there for every day, every second. And Paul tells us, pray without ceasing. And so we are to have a continuous lifestyle of prayer. And if prayer is nothing more than a religious duty, that would be impossible. But because prayer is communication and relationship with the Father, it is always possible to have a continuation of your prayer life at all times. Because I don't know about you all, but I could be anywhere and praying. I could be seeking the face of the Lord. I could be asking him to guide my heart, direct my mind, transform my mouth, whatever it looks like, you know, or you walk into a situation or you walk into Walmart, Lord, let me let me just see somebody here that they need to hear a word of encouragement or the gospel or something or um or just this walking in thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. You know, just oh, yeah. being thankful. Yep. You know, I don't know how many times that uh, I just find myself you know, and this this probably sounds silly to some people, 
but uh you know my old pickup truck out there it's got a whole lot of miles on it but i love that thing and i am so thankful that he gave it to me you know and I, I that probably doesn't sound like much to people but it's, it means a whole lot to me mm-hmm. whenever i tell him that i'm i'm so thankful for it it, I, I can feel it if that makes any sense and uh, mm-hmm. i mean that's just an old rusty truck but i mean it's he give it to me yeah and i'm so thankful for it oh yeah oh yeah yeah and then sometimes you're in a situation where you're just grateful and happy and gratitude and you're just singing and then you realize oh no i'm singing in public <laughs> uh i'm sorry guys yeah. <laughs> well that's just me sorry and so um but no i agree Prayer is a vast subject. We've talked about it quite a bit because I think it's something near and dear to our hearts um, because we want to recapture the idea of what prayer really, I think, is supposed to be. And I love it because, you know, there there is a model to prayer that Jesus showed us for sure, you know, and there's, you know, pray this way, pray this manner. But at the end of the day, too, it's more than anything spending time with dad. It's spending time yeah. with dad. Mm-hmm. And that's the beautiful thing about prayer. So that's National Day of Prayer. There's a lot going on with that. Litchfield's got one going on at 12 o'clock today at the Judicial Building. It's going to be awesome. Hardensburg got one at the Old Courthouse. That's at 12 o'clock noon, too. Irvington's got one at 12 o'clock Eastern, 11 o'clock Central. I think that's going to be at their City Hall. And then we have one in Cloverport at 11 o'clock p.m. Sorry, a.m. A.m. She said p.m. one thing, and I got that wrong, too. (laughs) A.m. 11 a.m. at... Cloverport at the City Hall as well. Um, so that's just some surrounding counties. I am sure Hardin County and Highsville and Glasgow areas got one. And Owensboro, I never heard anything from anybody on the events going on there. But uh, pretty much usually at every county there's something going on for National Day of Prayer. So mm-hmm. if you can make it out somewhere, if you can't make it out to them and be with them in person, um, just join in on prayer today and come into agreement with their praying and for our nation, for our leaders, um, for our churches, for our communities, for our fathers, our mothers, our children, our school systems, um, really pray and seek the face today for um, God's protection, God's guidance, God's providence, but also um, His Spirit to be poured out so that we could see revival and we could see things start changing in our communities. Amen. Hallelujah. And then we got man up coming. Um, it seems crazy. I, I don't, it's just, time's flying. Um, May 25th, Man Up, Clark, Crosspoint this time. Crosspoint this time, 6.30 p.m. It's going to be a great night there. Um, Hannah, and y'all got Coffee with Jesus when? Uh-huh. Yeah, we have Coffee with Jesus on the 20th at, um, it used to be Victory Heights, but it's up on the hill past Taco Bell. Now it's called Free Liberty, I believe. Church on the hill. <laughs> Church on the hill. Um, and then our speaker is Kay Cottrell, and she's, um, Speaking on the alabaster box. Sounds like that Calvary Hill Electric Service Inspector, right? The Hill, Church on the Hill, Calvary Hill. See? Oh, uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> my, name, my name has nothing to do with the church. <laughs> but you're on a hill. Yeah. You're we we uh, the one that saved us was on a hill. So, right. yeah. um, you know, Calvary Hill. Calvary Hill. I like that. How'd you come up with it? The Lord give it to me. The Lord give it to you. Yeah, he he give me that. Uh, picture you see on the, on my truck. That's he, right. He, he laid all that out, and he said, this is what I want you to do. This is what I want you to call it. This is uh, what I want it to look like, and this is what you're going to do. And I said, yes, sir. 
Now you're <laughs> you're an inspector now. You yes. you did work in electricity for yeah, a while. I'm an electrician. I and I always liked that because so. just as he's the light of the world, you gave the world lights. So <laughs> see, you could have thought of it like that. You you were providing light for the world too, just as he is the light of the world. Yeah. Greg was taking care of lights of the world too. I guess so. <laughs> power. That's funny. <laughs> Dunamis. Yeah. Power. Yeah. Uh good stuff. I love it. Um so Coffee with Jesus, May the twentieth, man up May twenty fifth. Today's nationally a prayer. Again, real fast, I'll run over this a couple more times a day just to make sure everybody knows. Hardensburg, twelve o'clock, um courthouse, Litchfield Judicial Building, twelve o'clock, Irvington. Uh, 12 o'clock Eastern lunchtime there at City Hall, and then Cloverport, 11 a.m. there at the City Hall as well. It's just some local events here. And this morning, if Highsville, Glasgow, if anybody wants to reach out from that area and let us know where it's going, we'd love to get the word out today. And then also in the Owensboro area, we'd love to get the word out there for you guys if you all know any events going on in that area. And so we are in John chapter 8. We were discussing yesterday and in that chapter, a wonderful chapter, really enjoying it. Um, and as we're getting there, don't forget, probably tomorrow, we, we, we released the news of the new app yesterday. And tomorrow, we'll start, we'll kind of spend some time tomorrow walking you through how to get it. And we're... Hopefully uh, I can get a sneak peek today while I'm here. You can get a sneak can. peek. Right. We'll, we'll get you. <laughs> All right, and tomorrow we're going to do it because we're going to release a video online and everything because there is one extra step. I just want everybody to know there's one extra step than, say, when you got the other box to radio, but it's a one-time one extra step. You'll never have to do that extra step again. So once it's on there, if it's on Roger there. Roger said it was easy, then anybody can do it. <laughs> I like it. She's, she's catching on. She's catching on now that we're picking on Roger. I like this. She she's really she's really finding the groove of the Box Two Radio Network because <laughs> she's starting to pick on Roger, and so that's that's when you know you're really starting to be at home. And Poor Roger. <laughs> no, we love Roger, but you know he was like, "Oh no, we're gonna have to do this, this," and I was like, "Look, you just do this one." He was like, "Oh, that's the step," and I was like, "Yeah, it's simple as it's that." It's not hard, and it's worth it because the new app is. Uh, it's, it's a lot better. <laughs> it's yeah. There's a lot more to it, and I'm excited for that. And plus, you'll be able to say so you missed the morning broadcast because we have people say this all the time. It's like, I can't, I couldn't listen. I couldn't listen tomorrow. I would love to see it. Well, sometimes the website's hard to get to, or you maybe you don't have Spotify or something like this. Well, now you'll have the app, and literally you can just go to the podcast and listen right there mm-hmm. on the app. You don't have to go anywhere and else. Sometimes things happen with websites, you know, depending on, like, there was a day that the website was just down. Things happen, I feel like, more with websites than they do apps. Apps are pretty consistent with. So this box two that I have right now is just uh, just a it's going to work website. till the end of May, and yeah. it's it's just a streaming. Okay. So we'll we'll download you the new app. We'll help you out during okay. the break. But um, this is what it kind of looks like, and okay. so you'll be able to do quite a bit more stuff. You'll be able to go to the Bible right there on the app. You'll be able to um, prayer wall the podcast. Yeah, hey, and I so, like that. Yeah, you're that prayer wall. And that's, so and that's what kind of. Like we did one right there, and more people will be able to. But you, anybody can go add one, mm-hmm. and we can all be praying for it. And anybody who has the app can see it. So, right. you know, we can have a lot of people praying. And yeah, so I, I'm really, we're really excited, and we're just saying I think it's a tool that God can use to build His kingdom, and help us come um, a closer knit family and praying for each other, lifting each other up. Because if you have a situation, um, you know, God forbid, you're going through a situation, you want all the people praying that you possibly can. Yep. And um, and so that that means a lot. 
And if you don't mind, I'd like to share, you know, we had a lot in our church. Yeah, you all uh, did have a lot going on there. And, man, the Lord, he really moved in mm-hmm. all those situations, you know, and the outcomes of all those situations were just above and beyond anybody. You know, it was just, uh, it was amazing. You know, and we all, uh, you know, it was all the Lord. We all was in agreement. We all prayed, and it was just one mind and one accord, and, and 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 all those situations with the the the, the two uh, little babies that mm-hmm. uh, needed surgeries, and of course with the Lisa, um, uh, it was just uh, there. And I, I, I'm afraid I'm leaving others out, but God just really moved in a mighty way, and uh, we're so thankful. Yeah. So He did a lot of amazing things right there. And, yeah. Uh, and, and and this was all in a span of like two weeks. Mm-hmm. All of them. It's just. <laughs> uh, it's just amazing, you know, yeah. watching him work. If we can just get out of his way and let him do it, it, it's amazing what he can do. He's way maker, miracle worker. Hallelujah. Hey, that sounded a little bit like the message last night. If we'll just get out of his way and let him do it. Sometimes we're in his way. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's his, you know um, when you got kids, all right, you'll be trying to walk somewhere, especially when they're younger. They always get in your way. <laughs> they always get in your way. I've tripped over them. I've knocked them over on accident, you know. And then it's always whenever you got something in your hand or you're in a hurry or something like this, and you know, and they don't mean anything by it. They're honestly innocent. Yeah. They're just in the way. And I feel like sometimes that's like the Lord with us. Like we're just in the way. Like would you get out of my way? <laughs> oh, I have a good story. I won't say the name just in case she doesn't want me to, but uh, I was talking to someone I love dearly, and she was saying that um, <laughs> there's sometimes when she wants her husband to do things, and she can, like, the Spirit is showing her that he needs to be doing things, but sometimes the tendency is for her to correct or, you know, point the, always point those things out, and I do think there's a, uh, there is a time for that if, if, you know, we're keeping each other accountable. But she said that she was praying about it and she felt the Lord say, you know, I don't need your help with this. Like, <laughs> I, I got this. <laughs> and it was just so funny because I've been there so many times. I mean, I was there one time and Ethan actually said to me, you know, you're not the Holy Spirit. And I was like, oh, oh, man, <laughs> that's that's it really convicted me then. I was like, you know, I really need to take a step back sometimes because we yeah, do. Sure. When you love somebody a lot, sometimes it's easy to try to be that or like get in the way but praying is the best weapon we have i think us pastors need to learn that when we're talking about matchmaking for people (laughs) pastors are the most i don't know why we're guilty of that we just say hey you're single you're single you want to get hey y'all get married they don't even know each other (laughs) you know that's uh single person comes to church on one sunday next person comes to church on next sunday and first time for both of them before you know we have them hooked up and we don't even know who they are and (laughs) and so we we have to be cautious about that too so um, I agree. We have to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, discerning of what he's trying to get us to do. And really the, the context of what we was talking about yesterday, last night about kind of getting out of the way is that we want it to be all about us. And um, so I used the story. I've been I preached from the prodigal son Sunday morning and then we taught from the prodigal son last night. And and so there's actually the context of it is the prodigal son in reality represents the tax collectors and the sinners that's there in Luke 15 one. 
And then the older brother represents the Pharisees and the Sadducees there because he's that's who he's sitting down and talking to. He's actually talking to those groups, two groups of people, the tax collectors, the sinners, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And the Pharisees and the Sadducees are upset with him because he's eating with the sinners. And and so this is the whole context of this. But you have three different parables right there. You've got the parable of the lost coin. You got the parable of the lost son and you got the parable of the lost sheep. And all three times, who's the one that's pursuing and seeking? The father is actively waiting and pursuing for the son to come home. The woman who lost the coin is sweeping her house so that she will find it. And the um, shepherd is the one that's willing to go leave the 99 and go after the one. What's that telling me? The father seeks us just as aggressively as we could ever seek him. And he's the one that's coming after us. He's the one that's drawing us. He's the one that's pursuing us. He's the one that's coming and and um, not not relenting in his pursuit of us and I love that because it's it's telling me that if I go to evangelize, it's not about my ability to articulate the right words. It's about his ability to perform the new heart, new spirit. He's guiding. He's protecting. The gospel isn't about us. The gospel is Jesus plus nothing. It's all about Jesus. And I think that's something we always got to remind ourselves in that period. Because I know for myself, um, there's been times that I didn't go evangelizing. I didn't go preaching the gospel. I didn't because I didn't know what I was going to say. Oh, what do I say? And or um, you ever been in a restaurant and the Holy Spirit kind of leads you to start witnessing to your waitress and you're like, Lord, I don't know. What do I even say? I don't know her. I don't know this. I don't know anything about her. She probably gets people witnessing her all the time. And we start to freak out because what am I going to what what am I, 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 I? And instead of praying, well, you do the work and you use me however you need to. I'm a I'm I'm just in your hand at this point. And so, um, all right, John chapter eight, John chapter eight. Um, oh yeah. Miss scale said that I could always remind everybody that we do replay mornings of box two at night at nine o'clock PM central. And so if, if she has to miss heaven forbid, or I have to miss part of it, I can hear it entirely at nine. Love y'all. Please tell Greg how much I love him being there too. So thank you. Um. All She's right. So sweet. Um, John chapter eight. Last night, I mean last night. Well, it was <laughs> last night too. We talked about last night too. Uh, <laughs> yesterday morning we talked about if you continue in my word, then you are my disciples, and you should know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, "We be Abraham's seed." I kind of like it. It's the first time we ever have slang in the Bible. We be. Um, <laughs> so, just kidding. <laughs> Greg got it. That's, I guess that was an older thing. Okay. We be Abraham's seed and were never in bondage to any man. How sayeth thou, you shall be made free? Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is of a servant of a sin, servant of sin. And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the sin abideth forever. If the son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. I know that you are Abraham's seed, but you seek to kill me, because my word hath no place in you. I speak that which I have seen with my father, and you do which you have seen with your father. So what's he saying here? He goes back up. If we go back up a little bit, they answer him, we're Abraham's seed, you know, and we're never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, you shall be made free? So they're like, why do I even need freedom? Well, and then, so what I'm seeing here. You know, in verse 34, it says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, whosoever committeth sin 
is the servant of sin, mm-hmm. and that's that E H T or or E T H, sorry, mm-hmm. on the back. So that committeth sin. That's not somebody who has committed a sin. It's the one who is continuing, who's living in it. They are the servant of it, and these people at this time, they just served themselves on the inside and you know in private but on the outside they kept their you know their statures and their titles and all the things you know looking upstanding mm-hmm. so whenever the truth hit them in the face <laughs> because they was servant of themselves they couldn't see it yes and and i think that what you know <clears throat> the pharisees and the sadducees were good at this is they didn't recognize their own sin at times they were not conscientious of their sin, and they actually denied their sin. Exactly. Yeah. They denied that they were even in sin. And Jesus is sitting there because these Pharisees, these Sadducees, these people of Israel, whoever they may be, they were in denial of where they were at. And they're like, I don't have need of freedom. I'm already free, but they really was in bondage. Yeah. And Jesus was trying to get them to say, hear, hear this, and <clears throat> he's saying, you've committed sin. You've continued in sin. You're in sin now. And because of that, you're a servant to sin. And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the sin abideth forever. He's talking about here, he's saying, look, the sin's there. Like, it ain't going nowhere until you deal with it. And the law could cover sin, but it can never eradicate sin. So he's saying this. um, Now, you may not, all right, Greg, if you practice sin, and then you stop practicing sin, the sin's still there because it was never forgiven. Right. Is that fair? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because the the actions that we do are just the symptoms of what's going on inside. Yes. So, you know, the law is there to uh, uh, to identify the symptoms of an inward problem, mm-hmm. and that's a heart problem. Yeah. <laughs> and we need a heart transplant by Jesus. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's not the, the things that we do that are the issue. It's the reasons that we are doing the things that we do. That is the issue. Yes. What is what is driving us to do these things, whatever this is? Even we could be doing good things, you know, uh, just like the rich young ruler. Uh, he come to Jesus. What must I do? Mm-hmm. And, he, and Jesus said, well, have you kept the commandment? Yeah. He's, he followed all the steps. And then he said, OK, sell what you have and give to the poor and come follow me. And he left sorrowful because it was not in his heart to follow the Lord. He wanted his way and the Lord's way. And it's only the Lord's way. Yes. He is the way, the truth. Mm -hmm. Amen. Yes. And then he goes on, and if the son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. I know you are Abraham's seed. He's like, I get it. I know you are Abraham's seed, but you seek to kill me because my worth had no place in you. He's saying you're so full of it that you can't even hear my word. I I understand you're from Abraham's seed, but you're seeking to kill me. Like mm-hmm. he's saying you're wanting to sin right here. You're saying you have no sin. You're saying you have no bondage. Yet you're in bondage to the want the the desire to kill me. Like he's saying I'm trying to set you free. And if and and he said you're not hearing this because you are so full of it that there actually is no room for the word to even get in you. And you're not even willing to receive it. And he spake, He said, I speak that which I have seen with my father, and you do that which you have seen with your father. Yeah, do the deeds. Now, listen to what he just said here, though. That's the statement. Because 
he has said over and over, he's talked about his father. He said, I'm seeing what my father's doing. He said, the problem is you're doing what you see your father do. And who's his father? Their father. Yeah. Uh, They're sons of the disobedient one. Yeah. Well, if we continue in 41, or do you want to? Yeah, let's keep keep going. Uh, 41, it says, you do the deeds of your father. Then they said unto him, we be not born of fornication. We have one father, even God. So, yeah. hey, we, we're the good ones. You're the bad ones is what he's saying. Uh, the Pharisees are saying. Jesus said unto them, If God were your father, ye would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God. Neither came I of myself, but he sent me. Yes. Why do you not understand my speech? Even because you cannot hear my word. Mm-hmm. Ye are of your father, the devil mm-hmm. and the lust of your father will you do he was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him when he speaketh a lie he speaketh of his own for he is a liar and the father of it mm-hmm. want me to continue on let's stop there for a second yeah. i mean he's 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 basically telling them like you're doing these works because you're of the devil if you back up a little bit to third, now he's saying the same thing. They answered and said, and Abraham is our father. Jesus answered, if Abraham, if you are Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. Yeah. But now you seek to kill me, a man that had told you the truth, which I have told of, of God. This did not Abraham. You do the deeds of your father. Then said they to him, we do, I mean, we be, we be. Okay, this is killing me. <laughs> we be not born of fornication. We have one father, even God. I mean, and this is where he starts to tell. He, they're sitting there trying to say, no, God's our father. They're so deceived that they don't even understand they're not his. They're of the devil. Yeah. Yep. That's a powerful statement. And it's so true. And Jesus is sitting there trying to get them to understand because they're desiring to kill him. They're lying. They're doing all these things. They're de- they're, they have a blinder over their eyes. They are led astray. They have deceived their own self. They have been deceived, and he's sitting here trying to get them to understand that you say you're of Abraham's seed. You say that your your father is in heaven, but he says you don't know me. And if you don't you don't know me, you don't know my father because I'm sent from my father. You're not even receiving me, and you're wanting to kill me, but yet you're saying that my father is the one you serve as well. And he's just telling them, no, it's not. And if you go down to verse, where did you leave? You, 44 is your last one, right, Greg? Yes. Yeah, I stopped there. And if you go to 45, and because I tell you the truth, you believe me not. He's actually saying the reason you don't believe me is because I'm telling the truth. And what's that statement really saying? He's saying, you don't know the truth. And the reason you believe me not is because you don't want to know the truth. You don't want to believe the truth. You don't want to be a part of the truth. Because if you believe the truth, you're going to have to change. And they don't want to change. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then, um, which of you convinceth me of sin? And if I say the truth, why do you not believe me? He that is of God heareth God's words. You therefore hear them not, because you are not of God. (laughs) He didn't hold no punches back then. Yeah. Hmm. You know, uh, and and that, you know, I just look back whenever I was a lost person, you know, and and different ones that would, uh, uh, I wouldn't call it witnessing, but they would they would always point their finger at me and tell me, you mm-hmm. know, 
where I was going if I didn't change my ways and, and all these different things. And where was the love at, you know? Uh, it wasn't until I was buying an engine and uh, <laughs> uh, a, a man told me about Jesus. And he never told me that he was pointing the finger at me. He told me that he loved me mm-hmm. and that he died for me. You know, he told me the gospel. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the Lord had been dealing with me before then anyways. But, uh, you know, uh, I read in Hosea, talks about scattering and sowing his children. You know, he's going to scatter them out, but then he's going to draw them all back with cords of love. And he's going to speak, you know, uh, I don't remember how it's worded, but he, he he's going to, he draws us in love and not in condemnation. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Not to say that, that you know, if uh, don't get me wrong, if if you're living in sin, he's not that, he's <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> that's not <laughs> what I'm saying. But, uh, you know, it, 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 you should always be striving towards him. And if you're striving towards him, you cannot continue in a path that's not directed his way is what i'm saying well you may take journeys that way but if if it's true and you're true to him he will pull you back you know he greater is he in you than he is in this world and if and if you truly have him then he truly will pull you Mm -hmm. you know you always got to remember we're going to take a break read the first trivia question but we always got to remember Jesus didn't come in the world to condemn it, but to nope. save it. And he, why didn't he come in the world to condemn? Because he said you were already condemned. He said, I don't need to condemn you. You are already condemned, condemned because of your unbelief. And so um, he didn't have to come with the condemnation because condemnation was already there. Um, <clears throat> let's see. My mom says, uh, your matchmaking skills stink, or is it just me? <laughs> Maybe you don't want to have a new dad. Such a dork. I love you. Um oh and so, I guess I, I guess my mom wants me to step up my matchmaking skills. <laughs> um, Is it so if you're a if you're a hundred years old and uh, <laughs> you're ready to get married again, I don't know. All oh right. Anyways, I love your mom. She's I love her amens in service. When Aaron says something about himself, she'll be like, "Amen." It's so yep. funny. <laughs> Thursday question number one. We'll move on. Sponsored by the Sicilian Bank. What Babylonian soldier was ordered to execute Daniel and his friends? What Babylonian soldier was ordered to execute Daniel and his friends? 270-257-2689. We'll be right back here after the break on Mornings of Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network. All right, we are back here. Um, Mom, I got some I got some uh, applicants for you. Uh, is that a word? I don't know how to say that. Um, so I got some text coming in, Mom. Uh, I'm playing matchmaker this morning on the radio. And so wasn't there like a um, – you? there was a – there was a television show one time. I think Saved by the Bell. When I was younger, I used to watch Saved by the Bell. I don't I don't remember if it's a good show or a bad show, so don't don't ask me that. I just remember watching Saved by the Bell. And I remember one time that there was a episode where they had like a radio and they were playing matchmaker on the radio and stuff like that or something. I feel like I'm doing that right now. I feel like <laughs> I'm playing matchmaker for my mom. And so um 
Uh, so, but let's go on to the trivia question. Uh, the answer for the first trivia question: What Babylonian soldier was ordered to execute Daniel and his friends? It was Erak. Uh, is that how they said it, Mariah? Erak. We just call him Eric. Uh, Eric. <laughs> I like that. It's like Greg. Just Greg. All right. It's, oh, I did. Eric. Oh, go ahead. Uh, some Miss Mary said my mom is so sweet. Um, We're, oh, you don't know her. Um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you don't know her well enough, okay? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. My mom is sweet, Miss Mary. I know. I'm just playing. So who uh, got the trivia question? Mr. Joey Sosh got it right. I got you. Uh, but <laughs> now Megan says no. Joey spelled it. Uh, so that's not fair. I can't spell it. Um, and Mariah said that uh, Miss Crystal said, speaking from experience, just let the Lord bring you someone. Uh, that's true. Um, sorry, Mom. Matchmaking over. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, I have a heavenly father at this point, so I don't know if I need a new dad. Um, and so... <laughs> I don't know how I feel about this on the air. All right, so, but anyways, Joey got it right, but Miss Megan gave him the answer. She had to help him out. Oh, well, they are one. That's what Mariah said. Two become one. So Two know, become one? They'll get to share the prize anyways. All right, Mr. Joey. Um, <laughs> good job. Way to listen to your wife. <laughs> that is, he, he's trying to teach a marriage principle right there. That's what he's trying to do. He's trying to say, let's honor our wives and let them be our helpmates and and compliment us and complete us and sacrificial and push love. That's right. Um, and so, what an example you're setting for us this morning <laughs> as men of God. Amen. Amen. Oh, all right. I do have a definition for Mariah's name. I pulled up earlier. And okay. The, the Hebrew it says M O R I Y A. So Moria, Moria. Maybe it is still Mariah. It's just spelled <laughs> different. But the meaning is the Lord is my teacher. Amen. There you go, Mariah. See? The Lord is my teacher. Um, Let's see. I'm looking up what does Greg mean in the Hebrew. (laughs) Gregory. It it comes from Gregory, and it comes from the Greek word Gregorios, which means vigilant and watchful. Mm -hmm. I can see that. that. I can see that being true. Diligent. I said vigilant. (laughs) Yeah. You're watchful. watchful. How's that, Mr. Greg? I feel that uh, the, yeah. Yeah, I I knew that. I I didn't remember it, but I remember looking that up. Me and my son and and my kids, we looked up meanings of names when we was picking uh, our daughter's name. We was going through the baby book, you know. And so then they got us looking at the meanings of names, and that's where I I remember that coming up on mine. So, and uh, I'm thinking that my boy, his name's Gavin. And it was God sent, uh, or God send, I think, is what it what yeah. was one of his, of course. Yeah, but, yeah, it's pretty neat. Well, I I'll think names are, uh, imp- I th- you know, because God knew us before we was formed in our mother's womb, you know. So, and, uh, and yeah, we picked the names, uh, but I believe that uh, he knew our name. That's and, right. Uh, uh, you know, I think our yeah. names have meaning. Well, I'm looking up Aaron in the Bible, biblical meaning. It means one who loves cheesecake, bacon, <laughs> and is a little on the chunky side. Uh, what is going on here? <laughs> Y'all have cool ones, and I got that. No, I'm just kidding. Um, actually, it means teacher. Yep. Yeah. How about that? Teacher. Or 
Uh, well, I know this one. This one's describing different errands because this ain't me. It says Mountain of Strength. Um, <laughs> yeah, I I missed that one. Uh, <laughs> the teacher would make sense with the Aaron Moses and Aaron. That's right. Or uh, lofty. Maybe that means that I'm fluffy. Um, and so I don't. I'm just. I'm interested in these names now. You got me interested in all these things it, after it you is and Heather did yep. this. Like I know Ivy which is our little girl that we received in the middle of the day one time on the side of the street. Um, you know, she means gift, gift from God. Gift from God. That's right. Yeah. How cool is that? And we literally, she was a gift, like yeah. Yeah. just on a Friday. So cool. And so that was that was really neat. And then, of course, uh, Mr. Joe, just Mr. Joe Taylor, he's a he's a deliverer of babies now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Tabitha had hers and they couldn't get to the hospital. And he delivered it. How cool is that? Wow. So I'd have to name her something like dad delivered you. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how he stayed cool. He told me the story and it was a really cool story. And I'm like, if if my wife went into pregnancy, I mean, if she was pregnant and she went into labor at home and I couldn't get to the hospital, I don't know what I would do. I'd be I like, know. I don't I mean, I would like. I don't know. I would like to say I'd be really manly and under control and just, yeah, but I would probably faint or pass out. Or, uh, and so I'm not for sure how this, I don't ever want to really experience that um, because I don't know what I would do. And then my wife would be really mad because she has to deliver a baby without me because I'm out on the floor. And I guess the kids have to come help. I, don't, <laughs> I think uh, my wife, she would be upset for not having the epidural so, <laughs> <laughs> i think that would be her number one concern whether i was there or not just uh yeah take the pain away that's that'd be what she's focused on so you want to hear a quick funny story before we go into the more spiritual things i, I think i said this story did you hear the story yesterday because we was talking about deliveries maybe jacob was the one i told it to but mm-hmm. heather's first pregnancy we was in labor for a long time now the other two was c-section so we was in and out but the first one was in there for a long time, and she was probably in that room four, five, six hours. And they are they put the epidural in, but they never told her to push the button. In fact, the button is still wrapped up on the machine over there. They never took it off. They never unwrapped it. They never told her anything. And then like four or five hours later into labor, she comes. the nurse comes in there. She goes, how you doing, sweetie? She goes, you know what? I'm, I'm really in a lot of pain. Like, I thought this epidural would help more than this. She goes, it should be, like... And she starts looking around, and she her she sees the epidural button over there still wrapped up in its original place, and her eyes bug out. And she's like, "Did nobody tell you to push the button, sweetie?" She goes, "What button?" <laughs> <laughs> and so, and so, so Heather gets the button, and they put the button in her head, and she just starts to push the button like a thousand times right there. And the woman goes so calmly, "Sweetie, you can only push it once every fifteen minutes." And she goes, "Oh." <laughs> It's so sad. Oh, and Gosh. so, if you ever have an epidural, make push sure they the give button. you the button. Yeah, push the push button. The button. Oh, I'll make sure they give me that button. <laughs> Hannah says, "Give me the epidural. Give me the more. Give me anything you got. Throw, <laughs> throw the whole card at me." No, and Heather has a high pain tolerance. She does have. I a, don't. I do not have a high pain tolerance. I don't know how her. I don't know how high her pain tolerance was the day of her delivery because. Yeah. She was not happy with me because. This is what husbands should never do, and this is I pretty much did everything the husband shouldn't do. Um, oh, no. And so I'm sitting here and I'm watching the contraction machine, going, "Oh, that's a really big one," because you can see how big they are over there as they print out on the paper and all this kind of stuff. Well, back then you could. And so I'm sitting here going, "Did that one hurt? That looked really big." And she's like, "Of course it hurt, Aaron. Shut up." <laughs> 
And then when they do the C-section, I'm watching it in a maze, and I'm just loving it. And and so after all that, I would say this. I have a lot of res- – I have a newfound respect for Joe Taylor. And so uh, I said – and I don't know if it's an appropriate question, and you probably never want to answer this question in front of your wife, but I said, is delivering a baby much different than delivering a goat? And he said, oh, uh. Oh, <laughs> and, um, and so I, was, I kind of felt bad for the question afterwards because then it made me compare a woman to a goat. I said, well, they're both kids. <laughs> and so um, <laughs> maybe if Miss Crystal's maybe not in the school yet, maybe she can answer that question. You, she's probably seen goats born. She's uh, the goat lady. Yeah. And so, and Mr. Todd's the bee man now. And so, how cool is that? All right, we got to get into more spiritual things because I can tell funny stories about my failure as a husband and deliveries. And I almost made my wife have, ba- I almost did deliver a baby the second time. The first time I drive like, well, I won't say how fast I drove on the air. And I'm like booking it. I get up to the hospital room. I'm knocking on the door. Like, I'm knocking, knocking, knocking. And I'm like, my wife is having a baby. And I'm like freaked out. This old woman, she has to be 114 at this point, and she comes in walking out of the hospital with a wheelchair slower than molasses. <laughs> I mean, like, honey pours faster than she's walking out to the car. I steal the wheelchair from the woman and rush out to the car. Oh, my God. <laughs> and she's just sitting there smiling because she knows, first-time husband, first-time dad right here, first-time dad. I'm sorry. Wait, and, was that the time that you had on Heather's pajamas? Well, not yet. I did put them on eventually. <laughs> And so I'm sitting here. So the first time I'm freaking out, and then we're like in labor for 14 hours. So the second time I'm like, look, I'm not freaking out again. So she goes into labor the second time, and I'm just chilling. Like, okay, just give me a second. I want to finish this sandwich or whatever I was doing. And so then we drive, and I'm I don't even, I'm not even going to the speed limit this time. I'm just enjoying the weather. And she's like, Aaron, you may need to hurry up a little bit. And I'm like, we're okay. We got 13 and a half hours. And so we're sitting there, and lo and behold, we get there. Heather is like, I'm like five minutes away from having a baby. They had to stop the labor so they can get her in the C-section. So I almost delivered a baby in the car that day. And man, that would have been some good stories. (laughs) (laughs) See, when you're a preacher, you get excited about stories like that because you're sitting here going in the middle of this, like, I mean, I'd say I freak out, but I think if, honestly, if I'm, if I had to deliver a wife's baby or something, I'd be sitting in the back of my head thinking, this is, this is kind of cool. This is kind of scary, but this is going to make some really good preaching one day. <laughs> <laughs> I'd go and leave and write down all the details. I remember them. True story from a preacher. <laughs> yes. Uh, preachers are always thinking like this. If you uh, become friends with a preacher, just get ready. Your, your name's going to come up in at least one sermon. Um, there's a 99.99% possibility that is true. See, Jacob Swift has the raw in the deal because... He's best friends to a preacher, and I get to talk about him all so the time. So he gets to be used for demonstrations on Sundays all the time. <laughs> he yes. gets to be topics of the sermon. Yes. Miss Gail says if men had babies, mankind would be extinct. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Oh, Amen, Miss Gail. <laughs> we, me and Mr. Greg's not even going to argue with you yeah, on that one. Yeah, you win. You win. <laughs> I'm not even, yeah. Well, this one went a lot easier than the conversation last Thursday. Yeah, Yeah, this is much better. Go women. Go women. (laughs) Just kidding. No, Uh, actually, I loved the conversation last Thursday. Well, we stayed stayed after for three hours almost talking. (laughs) Greg's like, I need to go. (laughs) Oh, man. But, you know, when you fall in love with the word, and that's what I loved, like, we were all just wanting the word. We want the truth. That's that's the heartbeat of who we are as Christians is we want the truth. 
Yeah. yeah, and look at the process, you know, in that conversation that we had. You know, we was there for, you know, several hours afterwards. Sure. After the, you know, and it, the conversation was uh, uh, the leader, uh, whether a woman uh, could be a bishop or what have you. So, you know, and during the middle of that, I was, I, w- I don't believe I was settled, you know, on, on where I stood exactly, you know, uh, but then by the time we were done and we went through all the word and even emotions, you mm-hmm. know, we even had, you know, uh, some emotions come up and uh, not, not bad emotions, just, you know, uh, yeah. love and caring. Hannah threw uh, one chair. Uh, that was um, it. No, 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 no. There was no arguing or no fighting that, that kind of emotions, just, uh, love. Uh, and I think, uh, some healing, you yeah. know, just, yeah. uh, just some healing took place. And, uh, and I believe that's what God's word does. It heals us, you know, and I, and these hard situations, these are hard conversations. You know, I think that they're the, they should be wholesome to have in a loving and, uh, uh, open setting, you know, uh, not, not a setting to, uh, trying to get some person to believe one way or the other, but just, uh, just to express, uh, uh, the way that the people see their, you know, what they see and why they see them and, and what the word says. And, and I believe it brings healing. You know, this is that fountain of water that, 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 uh, flows upwards and, uh, yeah. you know, and it's having a good wholesome conversation about the word, you know, when, when there is different perceptions, different, uh, ideas or whatever, just, this everybody bring what they have to the table and lay it on the table and look at it mm-hmm. and then and then look at the word and and see see what the word says and let the word uh be the word let the word speak for itself yeah that's what yeah. we did <laughs> yeah and i love how we didn't in that conversation even though we it was a long conversation mm-hmm. like i don't think that any of us were trying to um be prideful and like well mm-hmm. i have to be right i'm right Like, I didn't sense any of that. We just all were, like, trying to get to the truth. And I think that's when pride comes in and, like, the self-righteousness of, like, I've studied this. I want to be right. Like, it's all about me. That's what kind of gets in the way. But when there's humble, when there's humility in the conversations like that, I think it it helps. Yeah. And I think that sometimes in these conversations when you're seeking truth and you're seeking to know what the Word is really saying— some people's very defensive and not open to hear because they say, well, I don't want to be about, uh, I don't want to be a wave swept around by every wind of doctrine, or I don't want to um, mm-hmm. be progressive, or I don't want to go liberal with my thought pattern because this new ageism is trying to twist me. It's not always about that. Like there is deceptive spirits that's going to lead you into untruth. Mm-hmm. There's deceptive spirits going to lead you into progressivism and liberalism. The but, word will not violate itself. But if we let the word speak, yeah. let the word teach us. Yeah. And because, you know, I, as much as I love Grandma Susie, <laughs> and I'm sorry if you have a Grandma Susie, <laughs> all right, Grandma Susie may not have been right about everything. Yeah. You know, as as much as I love pastors and leaders in my life, they've not been right about everything. And But the one, the one thing that's never wrong is the word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Our interpretations may be, but the word is always right. And the word is our guideline. It's our yep. lamp unto our, our path. It's the it's the it's it's, it's Jesus. The, it's the unraveling of the mystery. It's Jesus himself. He's the logos. He's the word. And we just have to dive into it 
and learn of him by the gift and by the grace of the Holy Spirit. And so, but we can't be afraid to study. And mm-hmm. and here's yeah. what the thing is, we can't be afraid to admit that we were wrong about some doctrines. Yep. And it doesn't make us waves tossed about by every wind of doctrine. That's not what that's not what that scripture's saying. What that scripture is basically saying is every time there's a fad, every time there's a trend, every time there's a new revelation, we don't even think about it. We're just swept away with it. Mm-hmm. And this is where and we can fall back a little bit wave, Tuesday. That right there, that uh, what you're describing, that yeah. every wave of doctrine, what he's describing there, listeners, is if you're not founded on this word, then, you know, uh, this every wave of doctrine that comes by because you're not grounded in in the word, then you don't know right you know you don't know what's true what's not true because you're going by what you hear this day and what you hear that day mm-hmm. because we have you haven't studied for yourself that would put you in that wave of doctrine mm-hmm. if, and that's that's what he's talking about there so the thing is the uh, way i describe it is this is the way i see it uh and whether i'm right or wrong i can't say that but this is what i see right now and this is what i'm standing on I'm standing mm-hmm. on this because this is what I see the word saying. You know, now I'm not saying that I'm right. I'm saying that's what I see right now. And I'm going to stand on it because that's been revealed to me in this way. And uh, I think if we all have that uh, that aspect there, then we, we're, we're open to learn. But if we lock down and, and we just say, nope, this is it. This is the way it is. Uh, I've got it figured out. Well... Mm. I mean, hopefully you got it figured out right if you're not going to be susceptible to uh, a teaching of the Holy Spirit uh, or whatever, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah. I just I, I just want to be sound in in my in my doctrine uh, on the word, but not set, if that makes any sense at all. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, this falls back on what we were talking about uh, yesterday with maturity, um, consistency. Like, and mm-hmm. what I mean by that is that <clears throat> there's been things I've been theologically wrong about, and I come back and repent. And I don't still think, is. I don't think. still is. Today. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, no, 100%. <laughs> I agree. I mean, I mean, anybody that knows, really, I, I like to think anybody that knows me knows I really do want to learn. And if you can teach me something, teach yeah. me. And I'm, I'm, I, I don't ever want to. And if I ever am this person to anybody, I repent to you right now openly. I never want to be the person that won't hear what you're saying because I think I know more. Yeah. That's not my pursuit in life. I want to know. I want to be humble. I want to know. Um, I, I, I go to bed every night thinking I need to know more. Like I want to know more. And the Lord's, you know, given us this ability to learn more. Like we've never had in the history of the world a possibility to learn and to grow in the knowledge of the grace of Lord Jesus Christ more than we have right now. There's resources everywhere, naturally, physically, spiritually, whatever it looks like, there's resources abounding. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because we're getting close to the end times. He's purifying his bride. And the way you purify your bride is sanctify your bride. And the sanctification of the bride is by the word. We're sanctified by the word. And so the more words in us, the more sanctification comes about by the Holy spirit who's working in us through the word. And so, Um, sets us apart yes and so we need to be consistent now that consistency means we're never going to be corrected that consistency means that we are always believing the word and we're going to go back to the word we're going to be word people and if the word says it the word is what we're going to do and that's not always easy like and i remember when i was young i had to make a huge theological shift 
to the point where it it pretty much isolated me for a period of time from the people I was running with and pretty much got isolated from them to an extent. And then before long, you know, God worked it all back out and everything was good. But I had to make this huge shift in my own life because I started to realize, well, that's not what the Bible's saying. This is what the Bible's saying. That's not the gospel because mm-hmm. they're doing Jesus plus this. It's Jesus yeah. plus nothing. Nothing. That's right. And so I had to make this whole shift in my whole life, and and it was not easy, and it cost me a lot. But I'm going to let truth be the supreme thing in my life because he is truth. Mm-hmm. Jesus Amen. said that would happen. Yes. You know, he says, uh, um, uh, I'm going to butcher this because I, I can't remember what he said word for word, but, you know, if you follow me, you will be persecuted. Well, then if you follow the word, you will be persecuted. I mean, mm-hmm. he is the word. Yeah. You know, and if we follow this word. Yeah. yeah. And I've been there where any listeners that have just gotten frustrated when you're reading your word, like it's impossible to read your word and truly understand and have revelation without the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Like we yeah. have to let the Holy Spirit reveal and lead us because it will be very frustrating if you try to without the Holy Spirit. Yeah, because Jesus says, I am the vine. And you are the branches. Without me, you can do nothing. So yeah. what you're saying is exactly what he said. Yes. You know, is, uh, you know he's, he's the teacher. Mm-hmm. That's right. Well, we are going to have to take a break. This is my hard break, uh, two or three minutes late. Uh, and But I have seven minutes late. I can do it by. That's my legal standpoint. Seven <laughs> minutes late. We better get at Thursday, <laughs> Thursday question number two, sponsored by Farm Bureau Insurance in Litchfield, Kentucky. According to Jeremiah's vision, where would the new covenant between God and man be written? According to Jeremiah's vision, where would the new covenant between man and God be written? 270-257-2689. We'll be right back here after the break on Mornings of Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network. We are back here on Mornings of Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network. I reckon we don't have an answer yet, so let me reread that question. Um, here we go. Let me pull that back up here. Uh, Thursday question number two, according to Jeremiah's vision, where would the new covenant between God and man be written? 270-257-2689. Amen. And so really enjoying the conversation we've having, heading out to the break about truth and getting to truth and letting the word be our guidance and our, um, plumb line of truth. Because honestly, we are prone, especially in the Bible belt. All right. Now, this is one of the things that I would say if you go to like more of a liberal area that may not be as um, what's the word I'm looking at here? Church broke. Is that, is that a fair mm-hmm. word? Church broke. All right. I don't like the word, but that's probably how we had to say it. Well, when they get saved, everything's new. Everything's fresh. If you grew up in the Bible Belt, you have all you kind of you've learned through tradition a lot. And I'm not saying, like, I want to come from a heritage of the of the Lord. I want that. But one of the things that's a little bit trickier when you come from a heritage of the believers is that you may have heard a whole lot of different tra- traditions. And so you come to the Word as you begin to study for the first time in a real way with preconceived ideas already. And if we're not careful, we'll make the Word fit those preconceived ideas. Just like the ones Jesus is talking about here. In this in in this chapter eight, you know they they knew the word. Mm-hmm. They didn't know God. That's right. So that and just and I always I always reference Saul of Tarsus, which is the apostle Paul. 
you know, he knew the word inside and out, upside down and backwards. Sure. And he persecuted Christians in the name of God mm-hmm. until Jesus revealed himself. You know, that's the man. There it is right there. Until Jesus reveals himself to you, the word is just word on paper. That's right. Mm-hmm. You know, until he makes, until we are quickened, that means to be made alive inside. Yeah. We're yes. born again. Changed heart. Yeah. That, yeah. And, and listeners, there's a lot. Of, <clears throat> I want to, if there's anybody out there that, uh, it's always heard uh, uh, about your heart, you know, let him into your heart. But your heart is your mind. You know, it's not that muscle beating in your chest. You know, it's the way you think. You know, when you uh, accept him into your mind and you believe, that is the heart. And when you accept his ways into your heart, you're accepting his ways of thinking, his ways of seeing. You know, and it's a process because you got to get your ways out of there. And the only way to do that is for him to pour in, which will force you mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, You could read. I'm sorry, was you going to say something here? Well, I was just going to say your ways and mama's ways and daddy's ways and everybody else's ways that aren't his ways (laughs) have to get those all out. Yeah. (laughs) And how do we get those out? By the word. Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is living and active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And, And so it's the word. It's the word. It's the word of God. And if you want to, if you want to know truth, you get in the word. If you want to see how your heart is, get in the word and allow the Holy Spirit to use the word to show you and instruct you. James talks about seeing the word, but don't treat it as just a mirror where we look at it and run away. But let it be something that changes us. Don't be just a hearer of the word. Be a doer of the word as well. Well, this word, you know, a lot of people, anybody that knows me heard me say this before. They treat this word as a looking glass to look through at other people. But this word is a mirror to be looking at herself. And that's what he's talking about in James. You know, these mm-hmm. people, they come to the mirror and they look at herself, but then they turn away and they forget mm-hmm. what they just seen. You know, so we come, we study and we we learn the different things. You know, uh, if if we're honest with ourselves, we're going to see faults with ourselves, and we're going to ask the Lord to get rid of those thoughts, you know, or we're going to be like the guy that he's talking about in the book of James that says it goes to the mirror and turns immediately and forgets what he saw. So they go, uh, this would be a description of someone who goes to church on Sunday and they, they feel good, they have their, their goosebumps and they, they you know, they, they, they amen all the songs and they feel really good and then uh, Monday goes around and they're back, uh, you know, throwing a fit or just doing whatever, you know, as the world does. They just uh, completely forget mm-hmm. uh, what what they experience. So. John seventeen seventeen, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. Over and over. And you remember um, last week you were talking about when you first got saved and you started getting the word and you got in the red letters because mm-hmm. his word is truth. Yeah. Um, you you were talking about how your kiddos they read so much in the red letters every single day. Mm. Why? Because well, his word. To. My boy, he kind of <laughs> forgets sometimes. Time. I got to remind him. <laughs> but you may not be thinking anything about it. You may be thinking, yeah. "Well, I'm just reading words." But really, what's happening is those words are sanctifying you because those words are the word of God. Yeah. And and so I think it's so important to be in the word and letting the word be the determiner of our thoughts, our intents, and of our hearts. 
Um, it's supposed to be the thing that gives us truth. The Word tells us how to have a good marriage. The Word tells us how to handle finances. The Word tells us how to forgive our enemies. The Word tells us how to uh, love, life be hospitable. Life more abundantly. That's right. And now people say, well, the Word don't give you everything. Yes, it, it gives does. you principles to tackle everything. So does the Word tell you how to invest in an IRA Roth or something like that? No, but it tells you how to handle finances, and you take those biblical principles of handling finances, and you apply that to every aspect of your life. And so that's the important thing is that it's, you know, we're going to face situations today that's not laid out A, B, C, D, and E in the Word. But that's why we should study and show ourselves Exactly. But there's principles in the Word that will help us go. Yes. Um, There's another scripture I was going to have. Sorry, I'm reading all these scriptures. But... um, all scriptures breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Second Timothy three sixteen through seventeen. It's breathed out by God. Holy Spirit inspired it. God breathed it out of his mouth. Men wrote it down, and it's profitable for teaching. So we can teach, be taught. We can be reproved and corrected, but we could also be trained in righteousness. All of those things. It's go ahead. Yeah, so the Oh, was you going to say no, something? No, no, we're good. I'm just oh. flipping through scriptures. So, uh, you know, the where is the kingdom? It's within us. Mm-hmm. So if it's within us, what does this mean? This is the in our hearts, in our minds. You know, it's our way of thinking through the word. It says, be you transformed by the mm-hmm. renewing of your mind. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and uh, also in Timothy, it says, be, is it, I think, Timothy, I, I don't know. Uh, but it says... Uh, be ye doers of the word, not just hearers only. And that will go back to the, uh, uh, I think it may be in James. It's in James. Yeah, it is in James. Yeah, be ye doers of the word and not just hearers only because that's going back to looking at the mirror and turn around and forgetting what you just witnessed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I was thinking of Colossians 3. Mm-hmm. Um, where it talks about all the things that we need to put to death, impurity, passion, evil desire, covetousness. Covetousness. <laughs> I practiced that yesterday going down the road while you guys was doing it. And this, That's a hard word to say, ain't it? I never thought about covetousness. it. Covetousness. And this yeah. here says covetousness, which is idolatry. So we yep. did talk about that a little bit. We talked about lust, but that we didn't really, we didn't talk about idolatry too much. But yep. um, then it talks about, Hold on, can we pause for a second? Yeah. I'm just so happy somebody else practiced words going down the road. Hey. That makes me really happy that you said that, because I do the I same thing. I helped a lot of people with the pronunciation. All right, sorry. Thank you, Renee. Yeah. Thank yeah. you for that. Well, I'm just happy that I'm not the only one practicing words yeah. going down the road. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, my. No, but I just thought about the what led me to search the scripture was something that I found throughout my walk because and what you're saying about growing up in the Bible Belt and having all these traditions and all these different doctrines and yep. things. It's so true. It's so true. And I don't think people talk about it enough because I think people just assume that if you grow up in the Bible Belt or in church or you have the heritage, then it's easier for you. But I don't really think it's easier. I think you actually have to do a lot of work with it because it's almost like we have to unlearn doing we yeah. have to unlearn that's what i was thinking yeah. of is i've always um no i've always kind of said that like part of getting to know jesus is unlearning all the things that aren't of him well and i will speak from my experience and again i don't want to ever have my experience over overtake the word at all 
but in my experience, because I was ignorant of a lot of things, and when the Lord draw me out of where I was at, then whenever I would uh, hear these doctrines of these other, you know, whatever, it would not line up with me. So I wasn't indoctrinated, you know, growing up with the mm-hmm. with, uh, wrong ideas, you know. Uh, not saying I didn't have some wrong ideas. I had a lot of wrong ideas. <laughs> Pretty much every one of them was, was wrong. <laughs> but I'm just saying of the Lord, whenever he brought me in, and, uh, you know, when I read those red words, I didn't understand everything. But being that I read those red words, when somebody would speak to me, the spirit inside of me would discern that, mm-hmm. you know. And, and he gave me a, a great discerning spirit and uh, in my early walk. And, and he, he kept me from a lot of things. Sure. And if we're not careful when we, like, you know, I grew up learning about pre-tribulation rapture. That's what I always learned. So when I read scriptures, I always just saw pre-tribulation rapture. I never really studied it. And honestly, I didn't even study the scripture because I was always taught that. And so what I did was I just took it for granted that that's what was going to happen. And I learned the scriptures they used to do it. And I would use the same scriptures. And what I would do then, though, is say, wait a second. I really need to study this because I'm saying this stuff. But I don't think I understand even what I'm saying because I only know the highlights. So then I studied scripture. And because of scripture, I changed. Yep. My thought pattern changed on it. And 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 so I think that's what happens often is we don't learn scripture. We learn people's teachings. And I think we have to be careful. Yes. And um, you that's was t- why whenever I teach uh, because of that for that specifics right there, I never teach my opinions. Anyway, now I wasn't always this way. You know, I used to ha- think I had it figured out and I would teach what I thought was right. But now I just teach what the word says. And I, you know, unless you already know me and we've had a conversation, I try not to express my views. And, and I won't while I'm teaching. I just want the word. I will, I will give, you know, I will show you what the word says everywhere on this topic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and when, when it's all said and done, because I could take and I could pull this and pull that and pull that and do this and, and, and prove a point. But that's what everybody's doing. Yeah. Yeah. And can't everybody be right? The Bible's right. <laughs> exactly. You see what I'm saying? So what yeah. I don't, I don't want to teach my view because what if, even though I believe it, what if I'm wrong? Mm-hmm. What if I'm wrong? You know, uh, yeah, I see it this way. This is the way I see it. That doesn't make it right. So I will teach what the Bible says and I will show you what the Bible says in all the different places on that topic. And when it's all said and done, the word will speak for itself one way or the other. It'll, you know, mm-hmm. what I'm saying, depending on your your relationship with with Christ or what, however that'll work, you know, is, is how much depth that we get. And that's what it all boils down to. Yeah. Because if we're dependent on somebody else's thoughts or or somebody else's studies, that's an idol. Mm-hmm. Mm. Dear listener, that is an idol. You know, we can't we we. Anything instead of Christ yeah. Yeah. is an idol. If we let that be more important than the yep. word. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, well, the Berean church, you know, they were like, go be like the Bereans. What the Bereans do? They heard the teachings, but they went and devoured the word, trying to say, okay, is this right? Is this what it's going? You know, and when I preach on Sunday morning, I want people going home and 
reading the word. Is this yeah. you know? It I want them drive you. Let's make sure. Let's make sure Aaron's yeah. right about what he's saying here, um, because it holds me accountable. But also, we all learn truth at the end of the day. Because if I'm wrong, ultimately, see, I think a, a lot of times people never want to like, Admit especially past. They never want because it's a it's a pride issue at that time. I don't. I'm not wrong. No. no. Well, I've been wrong, and I've admitted I was wrong because at the end of the day, truth is bigger than my pride. And truth is my yeah. bigger than my ability to articulate well or my ability to whatever. It's truth. And if I have to surrender and submit to truth, I'll do it freely because truth is the biggest pursuit of anybody's life. And so um, you, you was reading the Colossians thing, right? Mm-hmm. Colossians and um, James one nineteen similar. It says, wherefore, my beloved, this is one of my favorite scriptures. I'm going to read this, then I'll read the context. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear. Slow to speak and slow to wrath. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the grafted word. Or the ESV uses the word implanted. But he says, receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. What's he talking about? The word of God that's implanted. The word of God that's written on our hearts. That word. And that goes back to the sower of seeds. Mm-hmm. You know what uh, the the ground. What what ground are you? Are you yeah. the thorny ground? Are you the stony ground? Are you hard headed? Are you because we all sure? grow up together? Yeah. Are you are you the good ground that's going to accept the seed? You know and and, and grow. Uh, but uh, you know as far as this, uh, what you're talking about. Uh, well, I just totally going to butcher this, but uh, be slow to wrath and quick, sure. to, quick to listen, and all those. That was I was completely everything that says to be. I was completely the opposite. So whatever it said to be, I was the other. Yeah. Or whatever mm-hmm. it says not to be, that's what I was. Yeah. And uh, and you know the Lord has changed me now. Now my wife may argue, you know that that I'm not gentle. Uh, matter of fact, I know <laughs> she will because we have this conversation. Me but, and you are kindred spirits, my brother. <laughs> but any which way, I, I used to not even have a concept of what even gentle and means, mm-hmm. you know, being gentle. Uh, and I remember the Lord was dealing with me on this, and I remember asking her, I'm like, how do you be gentle? What does that even, what does that mean? How do you do that? I don't, I have no, comp, no comprehension of this, you know. And now I find myself, I'm just gentle. And there's mm-hmm. nothing that I've done. I didn't go practice being gentle. I didn't do all these things. But, of course, now again, my wife will, you know, she will, uh, uh, she, <laughs> she says I'm gentler, you know. And, uh, <laughs> sounds like <laughs> you gentler. Know, I'm gentler is what she says. I love it. I love know? it. But for me, you know, when I look, I mean, I I used to, you know, and I that's not even here no more. That temper that I used to have was just, I mean, it was, it was uncontrollable. You know, I didn't have control over it. I would just fly off, and I would just what, and whoever's in the way got it, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's you know, and that's that is not non-existent. Now, do I get mad? Yeah, I get mad, but it's there's you know, I I get mad, but it's nothing. Uh, there's no the uh, me being mad has no control over me. Mm-hmm. Whereas before, it just ruled me. Mm-hmm. You know, and then yeah. it was just like I was fueled by rage and, and just hate that I didn't even know where it come from. And uh, and he took all that away, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 I guess, you know, according to my wife, I still need some work in the general department. <laughs> uh, but 
Me but too. I am, I am, uh, I can see the work that he's done in me, yeah. and, you know, and, and, and I am more gentle and, uh, and I didn't do it. I don't even mm-hmm. know how, how he did it. It just, he just did it. Yeah. Well, you know what, imagine a body of Christ that listened better, talked less and didn't get mad. Yep. <laughs> well, I mean, he says when Jesus, yeah. when Jesus returns, he's going to set up his kingdom here on earth. Right. Mm-hmm. So listeners, where is the kingdom of God? It's in me. It's within mm-hmm. you. So whenever he returns and he sets it up in here, what that tells me is everybody <laughs> is going to be full of the kingdom. Yep. And the Satan's not going to be around. Mm-hmm. So one mind, one accord with Jesus. Wow. Yep. Yeah. I can't even I can't I can't even wrap my head around that. Yep. Mm-hmm. And he's telling us right now to lay apart filthiness. Yep. Naughtiness, sin. Mm-hmm. And get inside us the word of God. Because yeah. what's it say? The word of God is able to save your souls. Jesus is Savior of our souls. He saves us. But also the gospel is presented in the word. How yep. can they be saved unless there's a preacher? Right? Right. And so the preacher goes and preaches. Yep. And in this, though, but then verse 22, but you be doers of the word and not right. hearers, only deceiving your own self. For if any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto man holding his natural face in the glass, for he beholdeth himself and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whosoever looking into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed indeed. And if any man among you be religious and brighteth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man religion is vain. What's he, what's he saying right there? He's saying, if we continue in the word, blessing is the consequence because the word creates life and life more abundantly, but mm-hmm. the word also creates in you a pure heart and a lifestyle that is reaping blessing, not curses, because it is the godly way to live, to respond, to love, to have mercy, to be angry and sin not, to be gentler. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's my word. <laughs> I, I'll coin that one, gentler. So, uh, uh, I mean, it is. And yeah. if you need something, the the exact application of it may not be in the Word, but the principle is in the Word. You know, uh, this is something, this is like a, a dream of mine, I guess you could say. Uh, you know, like the burning bush that Moses saw burning. And uh, the bush was there and fire was all around it, but the mm-hmm. bush was not being consumed. Well, I, if there, if we could get to that point where this word, cons- where we was consumed so much of this word in us that that fire would just be burning around us, but we would not be consumed, but nothing could penetrate. Nothing could penetrate that fire to come to us. You mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? No sin will enter in. So that's my vision of what it will be like uh, one one of these days when when we put on uh, in, uh, incorruptible, just we'd just be walking around balls of fire, I guess you mm-hmm. could say, where no sin can penetrate the fire of God. He is a consuming fire, and I I, I just uh, if you know that's that's my yeah. <laughs> that's my vision of, of, of my goal. I just want to be walking around with His fire all around me, and that where nothing can penetrate that fire if that makes yeah. any sense you know kind of like the burning bush mm-hmm. yeah 
Well, we're going to take a break. We want to say appreciate you all coming in. we got 30 more minutes of this, so hang in there. For those who have to go to work, we love you. We appreciate you giving us your ear for however long you was this morning. It's always an honor. We're always humbled by it. I was on Facebook just a second ago, not because I'm just scrolling for through people's fit- pictures, but, um, you know, I, I don't want to say names because it was embarrassing. I don't want to embarrass anybody. I don't know, but, um, but there was a lady who commented the other day about, you know, um, if you want to listen to a good Christian radio program in the morning, and we want to say comments like that and, you know, posts or anything like that, that means a lot to us. Mm-hmm. And we want to say thank you from the depths of our heart. We don't take it lightly. We really don't. And it's a humbling thing. It's a big thing for us to be able to do this every weekday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. Central Time. And it's a joy. It's a joy. Yeah. And um, we always love to have these kind of conversations. And we love to laugh, as you could tell. <laughs> uh, we love to have fun. Yeah. But nobody wants some kind of boring, dried-up um, sour show in the morning, two hours, mm-hmm. you know, I think people love to laugh. Laughter is a good medicine, right? And, um, smiling never hurts somebody. It takes a lot more muscles to frown than it does to smile. And smiling so comes natural. Yeah. That, remember when they used to tell us that in elementary school all the time? Yeah. You're using more muscles to smile, young man. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're right. That's why I'm muscular. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Just kidding. All right. Uh, we'll take a break here. We're going to come back here after the break on Mornings of Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network. For this May the 4th, 2023 National Day of Prayer, a lot of things going on around the com- communities are surrounding us. And so we have, let's see, Hardensburg at 8th. Um, 8.30. This is 8.30 here. All right. <laughs> Hardensburg at noon at the old courthouse. We got Litchfield Judicial Building at noon. We've got Irvington, 12 o'clock Eastern Time at the City Hall. We got Cloverport, 11 a.m. at the City Hall. And then Mariah also gave me a note for the reminding the public of the food drive at the Litchfield Post Office. They will have cards, but they can't be delivered until May the 8th. Is that correct? Am I saying that right? For the Litchfield Food Drive. And so um, if you need more information there, I reckon you could um, go to the, I don't know if you go to the post office. I don't, I'm not for sure. And so Mariah is going to give me more information. Maybe she's going to text it to me. Um, And so I'll get more information on that as well. Excuse me. So really enjoyed our conversation so far this morning with truth and sticking to truth and letting truth be our biggest determiner of, of our life. And um, I think it's I think it's conversations need to be had more. And I do love it when sometimes, sometimes you don't have to have the fancy things to say. Sometimes it's just the word. Like, it's just the word. And we, we try to put fancy slogans all the time. And I'm not against acronyms. I'm not against all that. But, like, sometimes sometimes we try to dress it up so pretty that we forget just how pretty the thing you're dressing up is. And yeah. um, and so... There's a difference in, like, I think the Lord uses you wherever you're at. So, like, if you're born into a very, like, intellectual circle, then I think that you're going to speak intellectually. Like, yeah. you're going to speak more <clears throat> eloquently. Yeah. But if you're born into an area or, you know, a circle that is not that way. I don't think the Lord expects you to be someone who you're not, mm. you know? Yep. Sure. Like we were all born into different circles. We were all born into different communities, different tribes, different yeah. uh, ethnicities. And the Lord loves us and created us to be where we are. 
So he doesn't want us to try to be something that we're not. Mm -hmm. And I think that he honors the heart and the service from someone who speaks like we do. (laughs) So I'm just going to say, I mean, we're not really in a big, huge, important part of the world. Like we're in a tiny little community. I thought you were saying because we can't (laughs) say covetousness. And that, and that. (laughs) You know, I see what you're saying. Whether you speak the way we speak or you speak the way the most eloquent speaker there is you know he loves us both and if we have the right heart and if we're serving him and seeking him in this word then it's going to still accomplish the same thing either way yeah because that goes back to what i was talking about the symptoms you know the things we do are just symptoms of what's going on so if we are preaching the word it's because the word is taking place inside of us you know and if we're speaking Mm -hmm. the world it's because the world is taking place inside mm-hmm. of us. Does that make yeah. sense? Mm-hmm. And when we're all adopted into the ki- into the kingdom, when we're all sons and daughters, heirs of mm-hmm. of Jesus, um, <clears throat> that takes away the celebrity culture. Like yeah. that takes away this person's more important than that person because yeah. it doesn't matter how good you speak or how much money you have or what status you have or what job you have. If you become born again, then there's no God's no respecter of persons. Yep. So they're just as born again as we are born again. Yep. And so that takes away like I feel like uh Aaron has brought up the topic a little bit of how people often right now are like they're always thinking about the next step that the Lord's bringing them to, like stepping stones, like well I'm going to be in this ministry position so I can have a stepping stone into the next and then the next and like climbing the ladder yeah. almost. But that doesn't happen in the kingdom. Like, like the idea of the success ladder that we have in America, like that's not the, we see it in this word. Like that says the first shall be last. The yes. last shall be first. Yes. <laughs> yeah. so and so we have yourself. to completely yeah. flip that thinking upside down. And I think that comes with the unlearning of the, of the traditions of the American success yeah. mindset. Um, and he just flips it upside down. And you just described his parable of the wedding banquet. The, the the one that uh, come in all dressed real or uh, whatever thinking that he's going to go straight to the top and he goes and he sits there and he's asked to be moved mm-hmm. you, yeah. you see what I'm saying but he that is humbled goes in humbly will be exalted and yeah. that's that's what you're saying there yeah you know humble ourselves before the Lord and let his glory be exalted let him shine yeah. because he came meek and lowly Yep. He came into the Jesus came into the world meek and lowly, lowly in heart, and that's they wanted him to be something that he wasn't. The mm-hmm. Pharisees they wanted him to be some strong, dominating king that was slicing every yeah <laughs> Roman and whoever mm-hmm. like killing and coming and dominating. But that's just not how he came, and then they got mad about it. Yeah. and I, that's still happening in the world today because I feel like in ministries like people have these mindsets of what they want. Well, they have to sing this way. They have to pre they have to yell this loud and my Apple Watch has to say I'm being too loud like <laughs> mine does that. <laughs> but you know, people put these things like they just want they want preachers and they want leaders to be a certain way or they want they yeah. they count people out who have a voice that something God has given them to share. And there are religious, still that religious mindset of like, well, they can't be up here sharing anything because they're not, they don't have what it takes. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what they yeah. said about Jesus. Yep. They, they thought that he didn't have what it take, what it took. And we have to remember that we're called to be meek and lowly like he was. And he, mm-hmm. he's the son of God. So, yeah. 
I mean, if your pursuit is to climb a corporate ladder, well, you climb away because what I think is going to happen is you'll have re- your reward here. Yep. And um, if you want your reward here, you get your reward here. You go ahead and do your thing, but you're not going to help the body of Christ that way. And and so I think we have to be cautious because um, it's kind of like my one of my favorite stories to tell, and I've told this story about in several of the staff meetings here, and when we get to home ministry together is there was a pretty large ministry and this guy took a paperclip and it's a hallway that everybody had to walk through to get to where they were going. And he took a paperclip and he put it on the floor on the base by the baseboard and he just left it there. He wanted to see how many weeks or how many days he was hoping to even stay there a day, but he wanted to see how long that paperclip was going to stay in that floor until somebody would step bend over and pick it up. And I can't remember the exact days it was there, but it was weeks. And finally, he goes to a staff meeting where everybody's at. He picks up the paperclip, takes it with him. And he basically said, you, you see this paperclip? Every one of you walked past it for weeks and nobody's willing to bend over and pick it up. Because everybody thought, that's not my job. And hmm. and I love that. And um, you've heard me say it before. If you... If you if, if we're walking across campus and there's a piece of trash on the ground, just pick it up and just throw it in the trash. Like it's, and TD Jakes, I don't, I don't listen to TD Jakes a ton. So, but he was preaching one time when I was young, I was 18, I heard him preaching on television. And he says, if you're a man of God that can walk past a piece of trash and don't pick it up, he said, you're probably not a real man of God. And it hit me like he just he took a knife and plunged it and twisted it. And since then, I've got a lot of tulip bow blessings. I picked up a lot of pieces. Of, and I'm not trying to build myself up, but it's always stuck with me, because if you're going to be a leader, yeah. leaders are different than bosses. Bosses boss people around. Leaders lead people and leaders lead by example. And so if you're going to lead people to pick up trash, you better be the one picking up a trash. If you're going to be leading the people to do this, because nobody goes where the leader don't lead them. Yeah. And and so it just always struck me. It hit me. And so and then I I, I told this funny story the other day. I had, I had a tie and a suit on, honestly, for some reason. I don't wear them a lot, but I did. And there was a piece of trash on the ground in the ditch that had water. And I walked past it. I was thinking, Lord, I'll get it after church. Just please let me get it after church. I'll go and pick it up after church because I think it was church morning. And lo and behold, I couldn't do it. I literally went back. I got down on the ground in my dress clothes, reached down in the water, picked a piece of trash up and took it in the trash can because the Lord, I, I just couldn't do it. Like it's, it's ingrained in me at this point that leaders lead. Yeah. And if I'm sitting here, everybody else telling, Hey, if you see a piece of trash on campus, pick it up. And I'm willing to walk past it because I think I look too pretty. Hmm. <laughs> you see the problem? Yeah, That's no, where we're at. Good. That's where we're at as a culture. Cause a lot of people and myself, before that T.D. Jake statement at 18 years old, that ch- I would have walked right past it. Never thought a bit of it. Yeah. And that was whether I had nice clothes on or not. And so I think it's very important for us to be humble, for to be yeah. servants, and to realize this thing ain't about me. Mm-hmm. If we humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, Peter talks about this, in due season he will exalt us. Mm-hmm. Why will he exalt us after we humble ourselves? Because we realize this thing's not about us. And at yeah. this point, at that point, the gifting that God gives us will take us to where our character can keep us. Yeah. But if we get exalted too soon, then our character can't keep us where our gifting took us and we'll come crashing down and take a lot of people with us. Mm-hmm. And so we have to wait for the Lord to put us into position. Stop trying to put ourselves in positions. Yeah. 
Yeah. And so. Yeah, that's good. Which I'm thinking from like a girl's perspective over here, like not an equivalent of that story, but the Lord just brought to my attention, like, and maybe there's some, I know that there's some girls out there listening, some women listening right now. I hope so. But I know for sure, because some of them have texted me, but it just reminded me of like times that we get so caught up in like what we look like and and focus on that rather than like what we're supposed to be doing. So like there's been times where I've been like running late. Everybody knows I run late. You and do? I <laughs> I used to run even more late though because like I I have gotten better. I like I don't think you run too late. Ethan could attest to that. I've gotten a lot better, but I used to be late because I could not leave the house without like wearing nice clothes. Like I almost I I just got so caught up in like oh my gosh, I have to like look good enough. I have to look good enough. But the reason why I felt like that is because there was something underneath. There was like an insecurity underneath that like I'm not. Like what What if I don't look good enough for this interview? What if I don't look good enough? And not, I'm not saying you shouldn't dress up for an interview. But what if I don't look good enough for this event I'm going to or the, going out to hang out with this person? And I just felt like the Lord showed me like he wants me to be who he called me to be. Like he wants me to be real with people. And it's not about like spending this much time on my hair, this much time on my makeup, (laughs) because that's really not me. Like that's never been me. But it's like because of culture and because of you have to look your best, you have to spend this much time. You have to be the best of the best, look the best of the best. Sometimes you can almost get too caught up in that. And then pride can come in. And it would cause me to like, I mean, even for church, like I really thought about it and I was like, I'm going to be crying off my makeup anyways at church. So why do I spend That's what I thought. <laughs> quit wearing mine too. When do I why do I spend that much time on it, you know? Like sure. it really doesn't it's not it's not the most important thing. Yeah. And I don't know. I just thought about that. I feel like some some women struggle with that because I've seen women run late for things. I've seen women show up somewhere and seem like I don't know. It's like I've just seen so many focus so much on the appearance and feeling like we have to look the part and we have to be whatever we think we have to be. But really, the Lord's calling us to be real and be meek and just be who he called us to be. He told the woman at the well, he said, uh, time is coming. It is at hand or it is now that we worship God in spirit and in truth. And that ain't got anything to do with the flesh or your appearance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's you know, a good in thing. Spirit yeah. and in truth. Yeah. It's a good thing. I have the face for radio. Um, <laughs> you and me but, both. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I 100% agree. And, uh, you know, I, I was, you know, like sometimes I love when, like, you put, like, the in the day of a golf course maintenance worker or the. So one time there was this in the day of a mega church pastor. I wanted to see what they did before service. So I watched this video and he went through all of his things and. Of course, there was some prayer and preparation and all that kind of stuff. But one of them is they had to go to makeup before the television. And I'm <laughs> like, look, if we ever have Facebook Live, if we ever do any kind of video, and I ever say I have to go to makeup, somebody punch me in the face. <laughs> like, uh, somebody here, please, I don't care who you are, just punch me in the face and tell me, wake up, Aaron, you're not doing that. <laughs> all right, I give somebody permission to hit me in the face. And so, because it, it's just... I mean, there has to come a time where the vanity stops. But I, what you're saying, too, though, I think I think that women have the responsibility to understand it. But I think also men have the responsibility to in, affirm the women that they don't have to look a per, what, certain way. Because the expectation comes just from us as men demanding it as the women feeling it. Yeah. And so if men, dads, husbands, 
fathers would give the affirmation, well, honey, you look great without makeup. You look great with makeup. Whatever you want to do, whatever your heart is there, um, you know, get behind it. And and this is where I've been trying to teach young men, you know, women are not objects. They're not object of lust. They're not objects of attraction. They are women created in the image of God. And you honor, you respect, and you find the beauty that is much more than skin deep. Mm-hmm. And and you find the purity of heart. And I think it's just as much on fathers and men to affirm that yeah. and undergird it so that women do feel confident enough to not feel like they have to be going to Miss USA every time they go to <laughs> farmers or something like yeah. that. You know what I'm Seriously. saying? Like, But if you think about like what we talked about, the order of the home, if the father, if the husband is affirming the wife, because it's really important for the moms to model it for the daughters too. Sure. Cause the daughters are always looking at moms. Takes no, a whole village. Like I used to watch my mom, like we would watch her put on her makeup. We would watch her fix her hair. We are always watching her. And I'm not trying to say, I'm not trying to condemn you mom, but I'm poor just, Regina. <laughs> She's like, what did I do? But I do, I have seen her and I've seen other women and other uh, wives feel, I can almost see that insecurity on them. Like they don't have that affirmation from their husbands. And so I feel like if the husband is affirming the wife, then the mom is going to be modeling that for the daughters. And then the dad can affirm that in in the daughters too. Well, I, uh, I always tell my wife, you know, she don't need it, but she just doesn't believe me. She, uh, (laughs) you know, I tell her just, you don't even need it. And she's like, uh, well, you need glasses. <laughs> so, you know, that's it. You already got glasses. That's what I say. I say my glasses are on. You're beautiful. My, you my prescription it. is good, honey. Yeah. I can see it. Yeah. The thing and, that uh, I think the know, enemy wants to attack women that way. Well, my young or my my oldest daughter, uh, she wanted to to wear makeup, and I, I I told her I said, you know, when you get of age, whatever you can if you want to, but <laughs> as of right now, there's no need. There's you know and uh, uh, you know, you are created in the image of God, yeah. and you don't need to cover that up. Yeah. And, I, you know, I try to tell, uh, you know, that's how I try to explain it to her, and she's okay with it, you know. Uh, uh, now, you know, my wife, she's, uh, well, she's my wife, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> she wants to wear makeup, well, she going to wear makeup, uh, you know. Yeah. But I just, I, I always, you know, tell her, and I try to affirm and, Awesome. And do the things, and you know, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it or whatever, but you know, she's she's that style, uh, that type that you know she uh, feels like that uh, you know she needs to, uh, uh, I guess, present herself uh, not to be. I don't take this the wrong way, but she just wants to be presentable. You know, mm-hmm. she don't wear a lot of makeup. She, I mean, she doesn't wear. I, I don't. I don't even know all the details or whatever. But it's not. She doesn't wear a lot of makeup. But what I'm saying. But she always wants to look her best. Mm-hmm. You know, whenever she goes, she wants to put her best foot forward. And mm-hmm. that's that's what I'm getting at. Yeah. You know, so and I, depending on your job and things, you have to. And yeah. I think it's it comes back to that, like, motivation behind it. Yeah. Because you can be, you know, dressing nice and having the best motivation behind it. Yeah. And not having, like, the um, pride or the vanity yeah. or just the insecurity or well, anything like I that. I guess we probably should establish this. <laughs> I don't think none of us are against makeup. No. Like, no, no all right. No, no, no. We just no. want to establish that. Like, um, but we don't want to, like you just said, the vanity, the heartbeat yeah. behind it. Like, and that could go for men and women. Like, um, you know, I'm, I'm pretty much consistent. I wear button ups and sweat, um, vest. I mean, <laughs> I'm just a vest guy. I don't care. I don't, don't bother me a bit. I'm a vest guy. 
Uh, I think it was derivative from me playing golf so much, and we wore vests all the time. So I'm a vest guy. Like, I'm not trying to impress anybody. Mm-hmm. I got a wife and seven kids. There's no need to impress anything. <laughs> and so you're lucky if I fix my hair coming into this. I mean, when <laughs> I come to the radio, you can't see me. I'm in I'm, – I mean <laughs> – I, he is I don't, wearing clothes. I'm wearing yeah, clothes, but I got an old paint. I have a sweatshirt that has paint on it. Yeah. My shoes have stains because I dyed the pond the other day. Mm-hmm. My hat don't even fit my head because I cut my hair not too long ago. And I don't care. You yeah. know why I don't care? Because God is still good, and I'm not trying to impress anybody. Yeah. Um, but also I understand, too, there's like, I'm going to go to the National Day of Prayer. I'm probably going to go home and grab a quick shower and dress a little bit nicer because, you know, but it's not vanity. There is a level of respect. Yes. There's a level of respect with wanting to, Mm -hmm. you know, look nice. But whenever it comes to impressing people and trying to, like, get affirmation (laughs) and get things from it, that's when it starts to get out of alignment. Yeah. But I thought about that verse, uh, like, do not worry what you eat, what you wear. Matthew. Uh, Is it Matthew, I think? It's Matthew 6. And I feel like the the wear... Yes, yeah. I feel like the wear part can go for that could go for makeup. That could go for anything of your appearance, I yeah. believe, because whatever you're putting on is you're wearing that. And you know, like you said, just does don't make that your focus. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Uh, and and again, uh, in case my wife is listening, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that is not her focus. You know, that's just she just wants to uh, sure. She just wants to look her best when yeah. she you know, and that's it. You know, not to gain or anything like that. She just. Uh, that's how she carries herself, and that's that's you know I don't know yeah. that it's an insecurity or anything like that. It's just uh, that's just what she does. Yeah. Well, Miss Megan said that Joey primps all the time. He <laughs> likes to look good. Uh, <laughs> I would say I've seen some guys that care way more than girls. I care. used to. Oh, I used to. Trust me, <laughs> I really used to. I don't care anymore. Um, now, I mean, it depends. Like, I don't come sloppy or yeah. anything. Like, you know what I'm saying? But. But there's a healthy level of it, yeah. but then there's a, but you can tell if someone's trying too hard. This is an invitation to a deeper questions here, though. Is we have to redefine what beauty is. We have to redefine what what it is to be a beautiful person. Yeah. And because honestly, our sexually driven culture has changed the game completely, mm-hmm. and it's going to take some real correction to bring it back to what it's supposed to be. But but I'm not talking about going back to legalism where you have to wear skirt, cer- you know, like you where you, you need a ruler to get something out or something like this. Like that's not what I'm talking about either. I'm talking about to where we learn to honor ourselves yeah. and we learn modesty. We learn what it is to, to, you know, my little girl, you know, two or three years ago when she wore makeup is for dress up. Now I have a seven-year-old going on seventeen, and <laughs> and anybody knows my little girl Eliza will tell you that's the truth. Like she, she wants to be older. Oh, I mean yeah. she she's hungry for it, and she. It's my and, baby girl, she's the same way. And so it's kind of like you know we were at the kitchen table last night talking, and I mean talking and laughing, and she comes out of there and puts her little hands in her hips. She goes, guys, I can't even go to bed because of the laughing. Like, she is snarky. <laughs> she is sassy. And and we're just kind of like, excuse us. <laughs> i got a five-year-old just like that. Oh my She's goodness. awesome. Oh, wow. goodness. But uh, there is a level of innocence that you want to protect your yeah. your children, and you want to keep them innocent. You want their, them to have their innocence for as long as possible. And in the culture we live in, it is, it's hard mm-hmm. because the, it's, it's like – pushing girls to grow up faster because of the sexualizing them and yeah we could spend a whole another 30 minutes talking about that well yeah. jacob swift i don't know if i can say this because it's saying some need to put some paint on the barn is what someone told me years ago for women wearing may i don't think women are barn jacob 
paint on the bar. Oh goodness. Jacob Swift. That one went over my head too. So. Um. <laughs> yep. Joey takes longer to get ready than Miss Megan does. <laughs> Joey said, <laughs> "I love them too." Uh, all right. Where else? Miss Gail said, "Thank you all for starting my day off with a smile and a prayer." Hallelujah. Mister Frank oh. called in and said he was so blessed to remember how beautiful his wife was. Amen. Oh. Jacob said it's a joke. And I got to say that. I'm I'm guilty myself. I'll put on a couple of different. I mean, now anybody knows me. I wear a flannel when it's cold outside, and I wear a t-shirt when it's hot. So it's pretty simple. But <laughs> I may put on three or four different flannels before I find the one that I want that day. So I guess I'm just as guilty as anybody else. So there's that. Yeah. Now Ethan would say that I'm contradicting myself because he tries to wear basketball shorts and t-shirts anywhere. He tried to wear it to the <laughs> basketball banquet. Like, everyone else was dressed up in banquet attire, and he tried to wear basketball shorts and a T-shirt. It's a basketball mm-hmm. banquet. To the banquet. <laughs> I was like, you're probably going to stick out. But. Truth. All right, well, we're oh, just man. about out of time today. I had a lot of fun. Yep. Thank you all so much, Greg. Thanks for coming on Thursdays. Appreciate it. Doing a great job. We love you guys. We'll be back tomorrow, 7 a.m. Central Time, here on Mornings of Box 2 Radio, on the Box 2 Radio Network.